Welcome to The Open Bell, the podcast for trumpet players, by trumpet players, and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell and the lovable loner, Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. Founded for the sole purpose of acquiring the most interesting acronym in the trumpet world, the WTF is ultimately here to serve your trumpet needs. Hey, it's the home to helpful videos, Joey's increasingly famous blog, some helpful articles by Bill, and a really nice photo of Brian. So head on over to worldtrumpetfederation.com and check it out. And by the Atlantic Brass Band. Since 1984, the Atlantic Brass Band has been at the forefront of brass banding in America. Founded by Yorkshire-born Herb Roselle as the Wheaton Band, the now three-time national champion Atlantic Brass Band upholds the traditions of bands in the UK combined with their uniquely American spirit. Comprised of local professionals and amateurs in the South Jersey region, ABB has won critical acclaim in the United States, England, and Scotland. Through community performances, small group outreach, and of course competing at the national and international level, ABB sets the bar high for brass bands in the United States. With a longtime association with Rowan University, ABB also supports a youth brass band that is proving to be an excellent training ground for young brass players in the region. For more information about membership, performances, or the youth band, please go to www.atlanticbrassband.org. The Atlantic Brass Band, keeping tradition alive while advancing the cause of brass bands in the United States. The Open Bell Podcast is comprised of three segments, warming up a couple things and no offense. We use these segments to investigate, invoke, and infer information that we believe is important to indignant trumpet icons. Gentlemen, shall we? Warming up is once again brought to you by ChopSaver. Dan Gosling has created the perfect all-natural lip treatment that everyone needs to know about. Now we know about it because of our friend Joey Tartell. And You're now we, we basically <laughs> spread the good news to everyone else about the best lip treatment in the world. So go on over to ChopSaver.com and order yours today. And don't forget to ask Dan about ChopSaver for your entire studio or band. He loves to help out large groups. And now for someone who hates to help out large groups... Our very own Brian Appleby Weinberg. <laughs> exactly. Brian, what do you have for us today? People. Okay. So, you know, I always talk about brass bands and talk about cornet, but tangentially related oh to God. brass to cornet Here we go. is um and who often plays the plays the chair as a cornet player is the flugelhorn chair and the instrument itself in brass bands and how important it is. It's not right. part of the All cornet. Right. All right, Go you ahead. got my attention now. This okay. is good. This is good. <laughs> Flugelhorn, I'm in. You're in. Um, so it's not it's not part of the cornet section, although um, in early contest writing, um, the flugelhorn and the repiano chair were seated next to each other. So there's a lot of parallel writing. You know, the parts will be split. We'll say flugelhorn solo or repiano solo, mm-hmm. and there is some doubling. Um, but now in in uh, modern writing, the flugelhorn player sits on one end of the tenor horn row. And ours sits in the um, the far corner, so uh, by next the baritones, the, next to the, yeah, between the baritones and the solo tenor. Kind of weird, player. yeah. That is and a little weird. What I found interesting being in the UK. Now, I mean, we all play different flugelhorns, and lots of people play different flugelhorns and sound great on them. Um, but I found in the UK, um, a lot of people play and sound amazing on a Bach flugelhorn. Is this the like the old ones that are wrapped kind of like a funky cornet wrap or the ones made now that are more traditional flugel wrap? 
flugel wrap, the ones that are traditional now, they sound amazing. And what they put in them is a Wick 4FL. <laughs> there it's always this, it's always about the wick with you it's always about the wick and it's this big warm fluffy sound um that's i don't know i think to a lot of american players probably not nearly clear enough bright enough they don't get that acoustical feedback that they're looking for if they're trumpet players and even cornet players it's really interesting and um and totally different sound than uh, than i'm used to hearing from a flugelhorn but really fits in that role and in that part of the well, right. Game. That's the question I have. Do you do you think that's because the role of that flugelhorn, like when we use flugelhorns in the United States, most of the time it's in a trumpet section to get a m more horn-like or mellow sound, but still from a trumpet section. Exactly. But this isn't something that's even in a cornet section. This is more yeah. on the the tenor side of the sounds, right? Yeah, so exactly. You're, you're, with, you're with the baritones and the tenor horns. Yeah. So you've got to blend with them. You're a bridge from the cornets down to the tenor horns, really. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. It's a really interesting sound. Uh, although uh, pe several people over there, leading flugelhorn players, also play a courtois, and then uh, several people I saw were playing the Yamaha. Yeah. So that that's yeah. not yeah. tremendously different from the United States. I don't think Bach flugelhorns are nearly as prevalent around the United States as Yamahas. Yeah, I would agree, and and yeah. they sound so good. I was kind of shocked. I wonder how, if that's how, how much of that is a, a good mouth like like lots of things a good mouthpiece horn combination is that yeah. if you're if you're just taking a uh, you know, any standard flugelhorn and putting in what to, uh, matters to essentially a shrunken down trumpet mouthpiece much <laughs> like if you you know tell Brian you're going to put a Bach mouthpiece into a cornet and he starts <laughs> shaking you know and and the same kind of thing for for flugelhorn you know because I'll tell you the you know the flugel mouthpiece I've been using for years I, I was at was an NTC and Peter Pickett was there saying, hey, could you try this out for me? I've got a couple different shapes and sizes. And I got to the one I like. I'm like, oh, okay, crap. Here. Here's take my, my card. card. <laughs> and I think I sold five of them that day. I'm like, check oh, this wow. out. And people are like, oh, I got to go get one of those. Yeah. Uh, it's a great, it's a different shape. You know, it's a, it's a much more, you know, V type shape with a big bowl all the way down. Yeah. But it gets right. a great sound out of that. Mm -hmm. Cool. But now, do you find you ha it's difficult to blend in a trumpet section that's playing flugelhorns, like people playing Yamahas or regular, uh, like a Lasky flugelhorn mouthpiece or something? That's interesting. Um, no, but I've never really had problems with, you know, projection. So I think th th those mouthpieces help take <laughs> you don't all say. of that off. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's not, a, that's not been one of my issues. So maybe that's right. part of that reasoning. Yeah. Brian, bring in the flugelhorn. Yeah. No one saw that coming. No, I did not see that coming. Curveball. Just a distraction. Joey, what do you have for us? Here's what I got. We're heading into, I know this is early in the school year, uh, because most people, I think, do the recitals in the second semester, but I have, uh, I think I've mentioned before, three of uh, all three of my seniors doing their recital, oddly, on the same day. So I've been doing a lot of uh, talk about recital prep. So I want to give a, a little warning here to those thinking about doing their recitals anytime in the near future. Okay. I think a lot of people get to a point, and maybe we could do a whole thing on this maybe later. This is something we should yeah. talk about. Sure. They think, okay, well, I've learned all my music. Now I'm just going to start running it. And although a run-through can be a good idea, the idea of like just running it over and over and over and over again or every day or, you know, going into it, I think it's a bad idea. I think all it does is make you, one, physically beat up, two, musically stale. So let me give you this piece of advice. If you're thinking like about that. running your recital, on the day you run it, take notes after each piece, and then the next day, 
anything you've got notes on, you go and practice. Mm. Because at that point, you should know all of your music. So we're not worried about, do you know everything? It's after you know everything. Right. Take that apart. Go, okay, wow, so I really stepped on this here. Oh, I flubbed here. I meant to let up here. And really, really take it apart and just go get really microscopic with it <laughs> the <laughs> next day. And, go, and then so you're not essentially just beating yourself up. Right. And and even if it's something you've never messed up before, if you messed it up in the run through, it goes on the list. Mm. Right. So t- if you're going to if you're going to be running it, don't do it every day, but learn from the run through rather than just make it a routine of like, well, I got to make sure and I'll just keep doing it. I see a lot of students falling into this trap and I think it, I think it is a trap. And then they get to the recital and the one thing they've been practicing, one, they're a little stiff and stale and two, they're a little beat up and then they have a hard time getting through. Bad idea. What do you guys think about that? Interesting. I think it's a great process. I mean, I, I, I like it. I like the idea of kind of stepping away and alternating that way. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's easy to fall into that thing where I'm just going to run it and keep running it and keep running it. But I like this a yeah. lot. So I once heard a teacher say that in order to be able to know you're going to make it through your senior recital, you have to run it three times in a row. That does not sound like no. a great idea. <laughs> but Doesn't that sound painful? I did hear Vince DiMartino once say, play the re- on the dress, play the, re- the entire recital, go back and play the first movement of the first piece. And that's enough to let you know mentally, not only because on the day you don't have to go back and start over again. Uh-huh. And that's enough mentally to give you the edge. As long as your dress isn't the day before. Yeah, that I'm against that entirely. The dress should not be the day before. If your right. dress is the day before, start and stop movements. Yes. Play the beginning yeah. and endings, check some spots, get a good sound in there, and get out. Mm-hmm. And get, get out. feeling comfortable and get out. Get out. Um, Chris Gecker has a has advice on recital prep. He has a six etude, um, sort of like interval training. So every five minutes you start the next etude, and each of the etudes is between I think two and a half and four and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's six etudes, so it's half an hour of playing, right? Um, and he says that if you do that starting about six weeks before your recital, that that will get you physically in shape to play the to make it through the recital. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. All right, Bill, what do you got for us today? Well, in an attempt to call attention away from any conducting that I might be doing, <laughs> how much conducting you know, are you doing? I, no, right now, none. Really. I, I know. Right now, none. you're here with us. <laughs> Tuesday nights, I'm not. What about this weekend? I can't see a baton from where I'm sitting right now. Because <laughs> it's behind you. But I want to talk about more composer stuff because this is really cool for me. And I got another composer thing coming up. Oh. So, Hold on. So, so, now, so now, as if we didn't think you could get snootier than being a conductor. <laughs> no. It's now you're worse. a composer? I completely went the wrong way. Oh so do you gosh. have some sort of blazer to wear with your turtleneck now? Is that yeah. how this works? <laughs> that, that's exactly it. Yeah. That's composer. I went online and researched all that. Okay. You know, you have to have patches on the sleeves, I think, right? I think you do to make it more academically snooty. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, John Schlaubach out at OU um, for the past few years has actually done some of my pieces Hold that on. I've written. For those listening, he means yeah. Ohio University. Ohio there University. are lots of OUs around the country. That's right. Right. But so, only one of those OUs has a John Schlaubach. That is correct. So the one and the my, only. My friend John Schlaubach at Ohio University uh, has done some of my pieces in the past, and so I thought it would be nice to actually write one for them so they weren't didn't have to recycle. 
So this summer I spent time writing this piece, and I'm going to get to Hold go on. out here. Are you against recycling? Did you not just come all. out as anti-recycling? No, I think it's a luxury to not have to recycle. So you're just you want the whole environment to just cra- you want yeah, the planet to just right. fall apart exactly. That's what I right. heard. Yep, you heard that too, right, Brian? I totally heard that. Okay, yeah. just making sure we're on the same page. He wants the planet to burn. Just okay. hey, here's what I think about fossil fuels. Right, let's burn through them and then get on to the next thing. <laughs> I'm just saying, oh if, if we run out, then people will be forced to do better things. <laughs> people will all be dead. <laughs> right. But I'm saying and maybe then they'll wake up and like use other sources. Yeah. And spr- after we've already sprouted gills right. so we can work underwater. Right. <laughs> but at any rate, I'm, I'm headed out there uh, to like hear the piece live for the first time and do some coaching and teaching. So. All right. Uh, tell us about little, the piece. Poster thing. Uh, it's a piece for six B flat trumpets. Um, and it's kind of cool. It's, uh, in a lot of ways, it's a pretty typical trumpet ensemble piece, but, but in other ways it isn't. It's kind of got some really rich, dark harmony, and I'm excited to hear it. It's exciting. Nice. That's all I got. Yeah. That's pretty cool. No 12-tone twelve tone rows. and No tone rows, no fugues. It's just, just some a chance to really play some really big kind of uh, elegant corral moments and big moments but there's some great technical stuff and some nice little solo moments for each player and yeah I'm excited it's listenable. It. it's listenable yeah i played some of it i think for you guys i don't know that i played yeah. the entire thing but i played some of it i don't know if you can call yourself a real composer then because the stuff you wrote for the brand but the band was also very listenable and fun well thanks yeah that was the that's the point right yeah. hopefully mm-hmm. well yeah. not for real composers yeah, it's supposed to make your skin skin crawl a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, oh, come I on, was interested in. That's not universally sense. true. It's yeah. also not universally true. God, I was so bad one for... one movement, just a, a straight through yeah, thing. Yeah, th- through composed one movement. It you know it it was designed to for them to compete at NTC, so oh. it kind of fits so those parameters. Seven minutes or something. Yeah, it's about like six and a half, seven minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. So I'm excited to go hear it and. Uh, honored and flattered that they're going to play the piece, and so it's kind of cool. And I'll bring it on tour. I, you know, oh, wrote it for right. six for more than one reason. So six awesome. B flat trumpets. If only we knew a group, the group that was, might want to perform that. Yeah, six B flat trumpets. Yeah. What to say? But I'm going to give John. Obviously, they they're going to use it, and then once they're done with it, then we can. Anyone else can, you know. Yeah. Use it. Find it. Use it. It'll be great. Sky still boys. has a B flat trumpet, right? Well, yeah, that's why I didn't write it for C's. <laughs> we, we would have, it would have to be for five C's and a B flat. Exactly. Unless you bring two. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, boys. How about, you know what? We're overdue. It's season two. It's time for a good old fashioned game of backboard bingo. Oh, no. Oh, the man. Yo Adrian edition. Oh, jeez. The Yo Adrian edition? Yeah. The Rocky the Rocky Bumper is gonna be fantastic for this. Gosh, let me think if I've ever played Rocky before. I know. Do you know anyone who <laughs> you know used that? Uh anyway, this is a very Philadelphia centric list of questions. Now these are completion. This no is, multiple hold on. choice. I'm, hold on. What? Perfect. Who what? Brian lives right outside of Philly. This I'm calling well, this is fixed before he even starts. His, his entire it's not life. Not gonna help me. Yeah. It's not gonna help me. It's not like he's been there his whole life. No, I've never been like well, I I mean I've been to Philly, but I've never you've lived. You've been there. in and around Philly. Hmm. You've been to Tony Luke's and had cheesesteak. 
Yeah. That's oh. right. There cheese steak. No, I want now. a cheese steak. Now you're an expert. That or some water ice. So. Water. Oh, don't don't get me. No. All right. Here That's we go. That's what they call it. I know they do. Question one. So I'm going to give you a description. You're going to name the person. All okay. Right? All right. Yeah, we got Charter it. member of oh the Philadelphia God. Brass who played in the Philadelphia Orchestra for 42 years. For 42 years? Yeah. Oh, um... Who's the trombone player? What is his name? Uh, not the trombone player? Hudson. No, this is a trumpet not podcast. Tru- it's not for the, 42 years? Yeah, is that Seymour not. Rosenfeld? It no. w- Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, my grand go. teacher. Grand teacher. All nice. right. My grand teacher. Wow. Nice yeah, one. Because Kevin did his doctorate at Temple and studied with Seymour. Hmm. Yeah, Seymour Off Rosenfeld. and running. Yeah. I just got some books donated to the university, and there's some Seymour Rosenfeld trumpet method in there. Nice. I've never seen that. I will I need to see know. that. No, I'm going to bring that up oh. and on here in a future podcast and talk about it. Nice. I know it's great. Oh, by All the right. way, the book yeah. you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, the virtuosic study, the uh, Peach. Peach. Yeah, I have the book. Oh, you forgot I you had it. No, I didn't get it. Uh, when Ed Cord was clearing out his studio, he had some things. He was like, "Why don't you just take these?" And it was in that pile. It was yeah. actually has Charlie Gorm's name in it, so it was actually Charlie <laughs> oh, right. Gorm's book. And then he wow. got it to Ed, and Ed got it to me. So I, I've, I've been reading through them. They're great studies. Right. Very cool. Very cool. I right, question two: This Philadelphia jazz player had a surprise crossover hit in the 1960s called Sidewinder. Wait, uh, Lee Morgan? Yes, Lee That's Morgan. The, I didn't think it was a crossover. Wow. I mean, Lee, that he's the sidewinder, but right. But that hit made it onto the pop charts. Oh, the jazz that's what you meant by crossover. Charts. I'm like, okay, yeah. like he's oh, a yeah. jazz guy. I know what you're saying. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the hit yeah. was a crossover. Yeah, yeah, that was awkwardly worded. Uh, the what that I said that it was a crossover hit. <laughs> yeah, that's awkward. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> you have to. I got to edit these for you. We'll oh, take care of editor. this. We'll take care editor. of this in post. An editor. All right, Brian, you're doing really well, by the way, on this film. I am keep nailing this, keep, by keep the way. The, keep up the good work. So I'm heavily game. medicated, so my brain is in a fog. Joey's more than clearly usual. at a disadvantage here. I am. Okay, question three. Principal trumpet of the Philadelphia Orchestra from 1975 to 1995. That's Gil Johnson. Frank. Brian. Frank Katarabek. Frank Katarabek. Oh, 70? No. Gil wasn't out before 70. Was it 75 to 95? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. Mm-hmm. Crap! I'm one yeah. player too late. <laughs> I know I couldn't. I was gonna put Gil Johnson on here out of respect, but I knew you would get that easily. But apparently yeah, I had it doesn't make any years. difference. Yeah, you worked yeah. so. Yeah, my teacher. Yeah, yeah. All right. Ever play golf? It's just like that. No, it's just like golf. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> All right. Question four: This Philadelphia jazz trumpeter is a well-known educator whose record "Brotherly Love" has met with much critical acclaim. Is that Terrell? It Terrell. is Terrell, Terrell yeah, Stafford. Terrell Stafford. Who I was yeah, amazed, yeah. right? All the time we've been doing this, we haven't, I don't think we've really talked about Terrell. We much. haven't talked if much about all. Terrell. Terrell's great. He's amazing. And incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And a long and good a friend for a long time. Nappy dresser. That guy. Always. I am not a good dresser. Like, I, I am always one who dresses for comfort and, and not even that well. That guy always looks like a million bucks. So the nines. Yes. But he learned how to do that from Tim Moorfield, just to be fair. Yeah. Let's give credit where credit is due here. <laughs> fair enough. Right. Okay, question five, last one. From Dallas to Philadelphia, this big city trumpet player really illustrates what it means to be in a major orchestra. Oh, Jeff who's Kurnow. second trumpet? That's Jeff, right? Yeah, Jeff, Brian. Third, third assistant. Yeah, yeah Jeff Kurnow, Oh, is he yeah. second? Yeah, third. Okay. Yeah. 
So you could tell I'm I'm warming up for Jeopardy. Did you get the vibe? You feel? Yeah, like? you're getting yeah. a little bit. Just kind of like a whole category there. right there. I know. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole thing. Wow. You're you're, I'm, you're teasing right I'm now. I'm just saying. Sure. Just a little little taunting there. Jeff yeah. is the cartoonist for NPR Classical. Yes. Which is why I use the word illustrates there, Joey. Yeah. It was sort yeah. of like earlier when I said crossover hit because I meant crossover hit. It was like that. That's why I put that in there. <laughs> is that what you that what you meant? That's what I was going for. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You could have said that clearer. <laughs> All right, boys, time for a couple of things. As trumpet players, we are constantly talking about trumpet players. We talk about lots of different kinds of players, and hopefully our great reverence and respect is discernible. And sometimes we have a great time assessing people. I know that comes as a shock. And arguing about our favorite players. So we thought we'd let you in on some of that as we'll now attempt to categorize some of our favorite trumpet players. or just trumpet players that All we right. know. Now, don't worry. We have a system. There are rules. There are rules. There are rules. <laughs> and this system involves sort of a continuum, if you will, from how well-known someone is to maybe not being well-known at all. Here are the categories. Top of the food chain, famous. This means they're outside the trumpet world, right? This means you're just famous. Yeah. Like right. a lot of people know who you are. Yeah. Now, you, you next level, you could be trumpet famous. Trumpet which famous. Means all the trumpet players know who you are. Inside the trumpet world, extremely well-known. You're, you're, you're famous. Absolutely. Because the next one is trumpet well-known yeah absolutely okay so yeah a lot of people know who you are but you're not and, clearly but not trumpet a lot famous. of people might go who yeah yeah who? absolutely <laughs> and you're nowhere near being famous right after that regionally well-known yeah big fish in a small pond you or know, just your, your area, area of the country yeah your area you're, you're well-known you're doing good work people know mm -hmm. who you are yeah then under that we have local cats yeah right where you live you you people know you're the you're the person right. and yeah. then ultimately we have trumpet unknown correct <laughs> a trumpet unknown means you play the trumpet Some people might know you play the trumpet but not a lot of people know you play the trumpet yeah right now we've sent brian into a coughing fit absolutely. that's right now before we get started doesn't take much none of this is in any way how someone plays Right. You could be trumpet unknown and be a great player. You could also be legitimately player. famous and not be a great player. <laughs> so this is in no these levels are in no way a judgment on how someone plays. Right. We're also saying that we're going to bring names up out of surprise, right? Because these are people that maybe that we really think something about, but yet we might think they're in the wrong category. Well, like I've got a couple on my list like that. All right, I'm going to put these like out it. here. All right, so I think we should do this as we've done before. We'll put the name out. The other two people get to vote first. I like it. And then we have the discussion. Now, are we voting on where we think they are? All right. Yes. Yeah, okay. I think then, where they are. Yes. We could talk about where we might, maybe we they, should they should be. be. Okay. But let's talk about where they actually, where, they where we oh, think they man. currently exist. Yes, this is the way to go. Totally. This is the way to go. All right. Right, are we right. are we clear, Brian? Are we in? I think we're good. Yep. I think we have um, yeah, famous, yep. famous trumpet, famous trumpet, well known, regionally well known, local cats, and trumpet unknown. Those are the rules, and those are the categories. So if you're playing along at home, now you know exactly what we're up to. All right, Brian, get us started. Chris Martin from Coldplay. 
<laughs> that guy's famous. <laughs> the trumpet right, player? Uh, the trumpet player? I got to go trumpet famous. Yeah. I think inside the Bro. trumpet world. Yeah. I think I think Chris trumpet goes famous. into trumpet famous, Bill. What do you think? I'm trumpet famous with Chris. Yeah, I think I think if you're inside the trumpet world, I agree with you. Uh, if you know anything at all, you're following this game. He's trumpet famous. Brian? I think because he played principal in Atlanta and principal in Chicago and he's principal in New York, then enough people know him in those major cities. I would actually call him famous. I bet if you went to those towns. No. People Come who on. go to the orchestra? No. But that's right? a it has to be somebody small... just on the street. No. I would Here's the thing. I don't, I don't want to give anything away because I'm sure a couple of these names are going to come up. But if you compare him to somebody, now there's one or two names that we okay. always throw out that we say that, that are examples of trumpet players who are famous. And I think Chris is amazing, but he's not famous. Is he on the edge? I famous? don't think so. I think he's no. solidly, pro appropriately rated famous. as uh, trumpet famous. I think he's trumpet famous. I mean, you're right that there may be more people than just trumpet players know him, but I don't uh, think it yeah. extends into any kind of actual fame. I Yeah, because when we talk about famous, we lean into the term household name. We've done that before. I guess that's true. Yeah. Yep. All right. All right. Who's next? You, you feel okay about that? Oh, yeah, I'm okay with that. All right. We don't always have to agree okay that Brian, but we can agree <laughs> Brian's wrong. That's fine. Yeah, we've done that that's, before. That's yeah, also that, easy that's, to do. That's easy. And, and assign, still assign points to him. Yeah. Well, that would be a negative six right there. I think. So, uh, right, so I'm up ready? next. Yeah, Joey, you're yeah. up. All right. So I, I wanted to pick people with fun names. Um, so I'm going to start with Carrie Deadman. Now I'm gonna go last, so I will let you guys vote yeah. and discuss first. I'm, uh, I know where I am on this, but Brian, do you want to? No. Okay. Um, I think Carrie is regionally well known, and for good reason, because he's a great player. But I think that's my own experience of that. Because years ago we brought him into NTC, and I had no idea. But I started then to do a little digging because I wanted to know about him. Know he's realized that in his region, in his area, well, man, my goodness, he's regionally well known. It's it got to be. I've never even heard the name, unfortunately. Weren't you at NTC? I think you watched him play. Yeah, you were there. No. When we were at North Texas. I, I tried, I, no, I wasn't there. Oh, he didn't go didn't, to North Texas. No. Oh, then you didn't see. No. Yeah. See, here's the thing. Carrie's a friend of mine, and I picked him on purpose because. Uh, you know, we all have lots of trumpet player friends, and we have lots of trumpet player friends that are really, really good. And Carrie's killer player. He's a killer player. And maybe uh, what he does as well as anyone I've ever met or seen or heard about is play shows. Mm -hmm. He right. is one of the most dutiful and consistent. And, you know, so he plays the horn great and he plays the shows great. But outside of the Chicago area, I don't think many people have any idea who he is at all. Yeah. But inside the Chicago area, he's uh, playing, he's writing, he's producing. You know, he he's very much like like Gary Grant has been in LA. Mm. Is in oh. I mean, he's running sessions, he's producing sessions, he's writing for them, he's playing on them. And he's at the high level of all of that thing. So I agree that I think he's a regional regionally well-known guy, not and that like I said, no indictment on his playing. I think he plays as well as anyone. Yeah, no. it's just that where he has carved out his career has been in the Chicagoland area. 
Right. And that's where, like, I was really glad that he was at NTC and that, that I had a chance to hear him, but I would not have known otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. That's what, how, that's why how do you get him. to go to Chicago? How do you get to go to the NTC? Who, did, who invited him? Who knew about him? Uh, well, Fred Powell, Fred was putting yeah. artists together, and of course, Fred's you know, in that yeah. area of the country. Yeah. Well, and, and, and it was at North Texas, so they were looking for North Texas alums. Right. Oh, and he's right. a North Texas alum. Uh-huh. Right. He, you yeah. know, he, he came, went there and played in the one o'clock when he was an undergrad. And so on that concert, it was Carrie and Scott, and Scott Frank Green. Played, and Frank Green. Those yeah. were the three solos with the wow. one o'clock. Nice. The, f- the fun part for me was I, uh, I was there to introduce the three of them to each other. As <laughs> they don't all know each other, I'm actually good friends with all three of them, which oh, I yeah. I thought was really a whole lot of fun. Yeah. So they're kind of like, oh, I'm like, hey, you guys, uh, you guys should all yeah. really You're know each other. Universal so, donor there. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Cool. I like it. Great. All right, Bill, you, who's up? For, who's your first one? This will be interesting. You guys are going to really like this a lot, I think. George Rabbi. All right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yep. Um. Wow. Gosh, I, mm, this is hard. George Rabbi, we're going to say today, right? Yeah. I'm going to say, uh, I think George is regionally well-known, yeah. but the region happens to be from the Philly to New York area. Right. Like, I think it's that area, which we think of New York as like, well, big, giant, big city, but it's still just a region of the country that I think if you get too far out of, you don't know who George is. Right. You just but don't you sh- know. But you should. Which yes. is a shame. Everybody should. you should know. <laughs> Yeah, Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't think I don't think people outside the region know him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he was Woody's soloist. Yeah, he, yeah. if you go to Gettysburg, he, those are all his recordings of all of the bugle calls. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the funniest part of George that I did not <laughs> yes. know about. The you know, I, I of course yeah. know George is just this phenomenal jazz player who was on Woody Herman's band, but like he's a Civil War reenactor. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, he plays he plays piccolo as well as anybody. He plays. I heard him do. Um, I've heard him do Adesco. Um, we did Boza Sonatine in the faculty quintet. Um, yeah. He played lead on it. I mean, like he can do anything. He's unbelievable. Uh, I heard him do a. I heard him do Haydn um, in New York with a bunch of pickup a pickup orchestra conducted by Per Brevig from the from, from the, the Met, Met and a bunch yeah. of players from the Met orchestra. And it, it was amazing. It was beautiful playing. I think he actually sent it to um, uh, sent it to a jazz guy out west. Hmm. <laughs> and the guy said, "Oh my God, I never touched that piece. There's no way I could ever play that piece. What are you doing?" That's great. Yeah. So yes, you should you should know George Rabbi, his playing and his name. But yeah, I would agree, it's regional. Yeah, I mean, one of my trumpet heroes from the time I was an undergrad, and but I wish I could say he was trumpet well known, and he should be trumpet well known, but he's regionally well known. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, agreeing. I agree for yeah. sure. All right, round two, Brian. What do you got? Okay, so um, let's go with uh, Jeff Kernow. Mm-hmm. Wow, I come up twice. This is twice how you know we don't plan these things out. Episode. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Kernow. Wow. The, oh. Yeah, I, I knew Jeff when he was in Dallas because he would come up to North Texas to do some things, and and of course I know know him in Philly. And he toured with Empire for all those years. Right. Yeah. I think I know. Joey, do you, go ahead if you want. No, you go ahead. You're, you can't have bad lead off the door. I, I think I think trumpet well-known. I, I think so, too. That's where, that's where I'm coming okay. down, especially with the, all of the cartoon stuff, yeah. which with the Internet has helped yeah. kind of p- 
put him out there in that way more. I mean, he should be known for his playing, but somebody who doesn't play principal often doesn't get the renown as, yeah. uh, as principal players do. And and he's somebody who hasn't played principal. He's played in Dallas. He's played in Philly, and he plays great. But yeah, I think I think I think enough trumpet players know him. I think he goes to trumpet well known. I think he's yeah. there. Yeah. Brian, Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I, w- I would agree. Trumpet well known. I might go trumpet famous because he he has um, actually branched out and done other things. His videos are amazing. Those I mean, he hasn't done them in probably hmm. what maybe a, almost five or six years. He hasn't done yeah, but I think there were I think there was kind of had a niche following. You know, oh, that's man, why I think were... it's well known. I think there are just as many trumpet players who go like, "Who's that guy? Who?" As wow. would go, "Oh my God, that guy's amazing!" Right. Yeah. Do you think the, the all the all the years touring with Empire Brass, I don't think most people coming up today even know what Empire Brass is. Wow. Yeah, and don't don't relate. You got to go back and look I that agree. stuff up. Go back and hear yeah. him and Rolf play because that's some. There's some spectacular <laughs> playing. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic oh, yeah. play. Amazing. Yeah. And he can play it. Jeff can play anything. Right. It, Temple grad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Amazing. Amazing player. Wonderful musician. Yeah. Yeah, and a good teacher too. What I remember, I remember him coming up to do clinics and master classes, and that was always really insightful. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, super nice guy. Super intelligent. Super intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right, Joey, who's your, uh, you got next? Are you ready? Yeah. Terrence Blanchard. Oh, man. Wow. Wow. Um,. I think everybody knows who I he is. I think I'm good. I'm going trumpet famous. Yeah, I'm going trumpet famous too. Everybody knows him. Uh, but it's it's not a it's a it's between oh, trumpet well known and trumpet famous for me. I think it's but I, I'm going to go ahead and put him over the edge and say he's trumpet famous. Didn't he just have a work premiered by the Met? Yes, he did, and he's been <laughs> nominated for an Oscar twice. Oh yeah, I think he's you, famous. You think he's famous? Oh wow! Whoa. I think he's famous. Like his Met debut this year was was pretty big news. Yeah, that was a not big just deal. in the trumpet, not yeah. just in the music world, but beyond uh, that. Beyond sure. that. Yeah. And and you know first black composer ever performed at the Met. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. No, come on. Yeah, I, I think, think that's so. right. I think that's actually true. Yeah. And you talk about two Oscar nominations in the past five years. Yeah. I think he's famous, famous. He is functioning on a different level than the rest of the planet, isn't and, he? And he's a trumpet player. Like, yeah. you know, he's our people. I think he yeah. started off in Lionel Hampton's band, you know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, like he's just a couple years older than me, which means he's like a couple decades, you know, younger than Bill. So, <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're going famous. I yeah, I think he's actually famous. I think huh. he's out. I think he's out enough where people know that name. They're like, oh, that's the guy that writes for Spike Lee movies. Mm. Oh yeah, probably. You know? Yeah, that's okay. what I'm thinking. I like right. it. That's great. All right. Nice call. Yeah. That's good. All right, All Bill, right. What, do you, what do you got for round two here? Being, I can't wait to hear what you guys say about this one. Sean Jones. Oh. oh. Okay. Gosh, yeah. this is hard. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan. Uh-huh. So I want, yeah, I want him to be, well, I want him to be famous, famous. But I do think he's trumpet famous. The places he's been and the things he's done, especially over the last five years, uh, you know, with, I mean, with playing on Lincoln Center for a few years before he's went up to Berkeley and is now down at Peabody, uh, I think there's enough there where he's easily trumpet famous. 
Yeah, I would agree with Trumpet Famous, Sean. He's he's also amazing. Yeah, that's where I am with it too. Yeah. Honestly. And it's incredible. Like the playing because the jazz playing is phenomenal. He is a monster trumpet player. Yep. Those yeah, two things is, don't always happen at the same time. Yeah, he is one of those people where you watch him play and you realize, oh, whatever he's thinking, he can just get to come out the bell. Yeah, he <laughs> and has access to a ton of vocabulary. Yeah. So he's So it's he's it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. yeah, but I think yeah, I think Trumpet Famous is right on it. I think yeah, yeah. I would agree. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah, yeah. All right, Brian, back to you. Anton Weidinger. <laughs> and he's really saying it too. <laughs> well, I think it. I think because of this podcast, more well known than he used yes. to be. I think that's I, where we get to go. Yeah. I think he was probably trumpet. I was going to say trumpet unknown, right? Trumpet unknown, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of people talk about him in regard to the Haydn and the key bugle and all that. So, Not really, are you seriously bringing Anton Weidinger into this? Yeah, yeah, he I'm is. In. He's on his yeah. list. Yeah. Oh, I was privy to Brian's I guess list. I guess I only went living trumpet players. I didn't think about using anybody. Uh, no are you with saying us. that Anton Weidinger does not live on? <laughs> is <laughs> that what you're saying? Weidinger lives. There's the T-shirt. Weidinger <laughs> <laughs> lives. Okay, so by the end, of, are you saying we we get to look at his entire career then, right? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So are we going to call the keyed bugle a trumpet? Yeah, we're yeah. this far into it. Sure. Yeah. Well, then he late. gets then he gets trumpet famous because he literally revolutionized trumpet playing by premiering both the Haydn and the Hummel with a brand new instrument. Yeah. What do you think people know? A trumpet player. You mean know too. now or knew then? Now. Oh no! Oh, you then? On, then, every, then yes. Then, then no, he then. was the cat. Yeah, he yes. was he was there at Esther Hase on the whole thing. I mean, it was yeah. huge. Okay. Yeah. Then so, yes, but now trumpet unknown now. Unless you're a doctoral student. Unless you're a doctoral student doing your history. I I think then, follow me on this, lack of internet and communication, I think then he was a local cat. (laughs) Oh, no, because what was happening where Haydn, wherever Haydn was writing was where music was happening. So I think that makes it big. Couldn't travel more than 11 miles in a day. I mean, that's local. He was a local cat who stumbled into this gig with Haydn. And now he's now drinking he's buddies, trumpet famous. Yeah, but that's how it works. <laughs> but there was, I would say he's trumpet famous now, thanks to us. He went, the trajectory here is an interesting one. Local cat turned trumpet unknown, and thanks to the Open Bell podcast, trumpet famous. <laughs> so, not thanks to Haydn or Hummel, right? No. <laughs> or, no, no, no. or making it a chromatic instrument, right. Literally Two revolutionizing trumpet playing and making it a solo instrument. No. That didn't do it. We, it no. was us. No. It was us. All right, Brian, where do you come down on Hey, this? I'm just going to say this. Have you seen him on a T-shirt yet? No. Not before this. It's coming soon. He was the local cat, right? I mean, he was the, he was the guy in town. <laughs> Brian's right? playing in. <laughs> he was the guy in town. Like, people came to town. town. He, that's nothing, what he was. He was the more. lead. He was the lead trumpet player in town. Everybody in town knew him. But that's what he was. He mm-hmm. wasn't touring. Mm-hmm. Sure, but his being the lead guy in that town gave him notoriety because of the town in which he lived. It was larger than just that. Well, I don't know. I think you had to be around there to know him. Maybe word traveled. I guess. I don't know. They knew last who concerto Haydn was. Hey, last listen. concerto Haydn wrote. Right, he's and no, people knew who Haydn was. He's yeah. no Gottfried Reicha. Let's be clear about this. You don't think Gottfried was just a local cat that happened to hook up with Bach? 
I think he was a local cap, but I think he became trumpet famous in his day. Hmm. See, I think of them in similar fashions. Wow. Wait, this is great because this is leaning into this episode I want to do. <laughs> cage match. <laughs> there it is. Right. I want the so cage match. So we're putting Godfrey up against Anton. Godfrey and Anton in the cage. Who comes out victorious? <laughs> Who comes out bloodied? <laughs> I think Godfrey comes out bloodied because Anton's got valves and keys. Oh, I, I was actually imagining them fighting, and yeah. I think Anton got his butt kicked. <laughs> I think Rika was an angry, angry man. Because he didn't have valves? And he, he had to valves. play all that stuff and all he had the to time. play all that high stuff all the time? I think he was walking around with chronic no, pain. Pe- no, people, uh, listen, I think of Gottfried as one of my people. We like playing the high stuff. It's fun. I don't know. I think every week it was a drag, a drag for him. What's I don't he going to so. come up with now? No, that's what you want. 20 minutes before the show. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Do, Let's do, do that. He leveraged, do you think Gottfried Reicha leveraged his ability to do that with Bach to make a lot of money in the no. day? <laughs> no. I don't think they had that kind of leverage. But how many people? But how many people could do what he did? Probably was, none. I'll tell you who couldn't do it. Guy. Valentin Snow. <laughs> <laughs> he, the, only, the only cat he could work for was, was Handel. And I mean, like, I gotta go over here. Handle Play stuff. Glorified is, timpani parts. Please, yeah. <laughs> but they were probably easy. making the same money. Yeah, probably. Probably, right? Local yeah, the, cats. What the court trumpeter was getting paid. <laughs> that's just what right. the guild. That's what the guild paid. That's what the guild allowed. <laughs> There's the guild keeping the man down. Wow. Yeah. All right. Cage match. Gottfried Rika, Valentine Snow. I like it. All right. I, I, I like it. I think you got to go Rika again. <laughs> I, I don't know. Down goes you Weidinger. Down goes Weidinger. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Wow, we are really sidetracked there, Brian. Way to go with the Anton Weidinger. Nobody saw that coming. Wow. I mean, I did because I saw your list, but Joey didn't. Right. I did not. All right, Joey, who do you have next? Scott Quackenbush. I told you I like coming up with good names. I know that name. I, yeah. yeah, I know that name. I know that name. I'm gonna too, let you. Well, see, that's where we're going. That's why I brought him up. I do know that name. I'm not sure why I know that name though. No googling. No, I'm not, yeah, googling. I'm not googling. I'm just trying to rack my brain. I'm gonna. Well, as a result of my own ignorance, I'm just gonna have to say regionally well known. But I'm not willing to say trumpet unknown. There's one in between cat. that. I know there's local, local cat. cats, but I feel like it's. I feel like he's more than that. Like I've heard the name, so I think that elevates him above local cat. Maybe he's a local cat that's a killer player, but because of his name and his playing, we sort of know who it is. Yeah, maybe I'm gonna still go regionally well known. Brian, uh, um, yeah, I'm gonna say regionally well known. Sure. Even though neither neither of you have any idea what region that might be. Well, no, I have no idea what region that is. But I figure is in it, that region. Is it out west somewhere? You guys are awesome. He's Midwest. Midwest? He He's is a Midwest, Midwest guy. That's He's correct. a Midwest guy. I do know that much. Scott is the principal trumpet of the Omaha Symphony. All right. Oh. So that's west. That's not Midwest. That is west. <laughs> Nebraska? It's in the breadbasket. Yeah. That's west. California's west. Uh, yeah, in yeah. Jersey, everything's west. 
That's right. You think Philadelphia is out west? <laughs> yeah, I live out so, west compared right, to yeah. where Brian lives. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Scott's a great player, a terrific player. Um, uh, I think undergrad at Eastman, masters at Northwestern, and still goes up and plays music of the broke in Chicago. He's been out to the Tetons and done stuff out there. But he's the principal trumpet of the Omaha Symphony. He's been there a while. He plays great. Yeah, I don't think I don't think most trumpet players know who he is because it's not like he's really active outside of that. Yeah, you know he does his stuff. So I think he falls somewhere in that, you know, local guy, you know, regional guy. Even and, and again, that's not judgment on his playing. He plays great. He's got to be the guy him. that everybody calls out there, though. I would assume, you know, yeah. he's principal in the orchestra there in Omaha, and you know, I've been out there. I've played a couple of pops things out there with him, and you know, we've gone out. We've you know hung out a little bit. No offense to you personally, and uh, <laughs> you know, nice cat plays plays great, but I don't think he's a, he's certainly not well known. Even though he does play great, that's the one of the points I'm trying to make here. the The levels of fame, although fun to discuss, do not tell you anything about level of play. Yeah, their quality as musicians or players. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So there's Scott. So just so you know, Ben. Yeah, great guy. And the real name Scott Quackenbush. Was he somewhere before he won that job? I think he was up in the Chicago area, or he was just kind of floating around doing stuff. I don't know. Hmm. I I don't know. I think he's from Ann Arbor. Maybe you know him from there. Maybe that's why. I think he's from up there. He's your, he's your people. Yeah. You and Deirdre's people. Yeah. Hmm. So, all right, uh, Bill, that's uh, that's round three to you. Okay, good. I'm good. You ready? Uh, uh, we're ready. Etienne Charles. Oh, Etienne. Wow. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, there's another one who I think probably goes... Not, maybe we have to make a different category for yeah, him. Yeah, I was going to say a, diff- a different category. There's a different category for him because he's certainly known in his region and in some other regions. In an international region. Yeah, yeah. but he's well, certainly, for, he's not trumpet famous. He's but not he trumpet, is, even trumpet well known. He's like he? niche, niche well known. Like he's yeah. got mm-hmm. pockets that know him really well. For those of you who don't know Etienne, uh, he's a, a great jazz player and he teaches at, uh, he's at Michigan State. He's in Miami now. What? Right? I think he went to my. I think he's in Miami. Is that right? Yeah. Did I, when did I miss that? Well, I did too. Till recently, he and I were. He texted me about something recently, and ding. And nice. I was about a question about NTC actually. And we came connected through NTC and some former students from here who went out there and studied with him. And and uh, yeah, he's associate professor at the Frost School right now. So is uh, well now I can't remember who's the New York trumpet player who's been in there for years. Oh, um, whose name is now out of my head. Yeah, hang on a second. In Miami? Yeah, he's been down there forever. Oh, Brian. Um, Brian, uh, that's right. Um, oh, gosh, this is embarrassing that we're failing on this. We're doing very Because John Diverse, John Diverse is down there, too, now. Um, but this says in his bio that he's still at Michigan State on his yeah. website. Wow. Yeah, Frost School, he's listed as faculty. Wow. Wow. Brian Lynch, for Pete's sake. Lynch, right. So is Brian Lynch not there anymore? No, he's there too. That's interesting. Would appear to be loaded <laughs> for Bear, the Frost School. Wow. Well, yeah. I was. that's it's where I did impressive. my master's before it was called Frost. Yeah, impressive. Interesting. Yeah, ATN's interesting though, right? Because it's the jazz it's known for what he does in his genre. Uh, yeah. But, but it's a trumpet player, so what do we do with him? Right. It is almost its own category. It's all it's it's inside inside baseball. <laughs> right. 
Like people yeah. in the know know. Huh. Yeah. Not sure what to do with that. Yeah. Well, that's there fascinating. You there you have it. All right. So that I think that's I kinda I'm gonna go with Trumpet Well Known. That's where I am with ATN. Oh, see, I don't think so. I don't think a you lot of Trump so. players know who he is. Lot, I think a lot of people should, but I don't think a lot of people yeah. do. Agreed. Uh, like, yeah. I don't think I don't think he's. I think he should be at least trumpet well known, but I don't think he is. But he doesn't fit into the regionally well known either, because it's broader right. than that. But yet, it's more more defined than that. So, yeah, it's a tough one. You're welcome. Wow, there you nice go. Nice call. All right, Brian. Next round All right, on ready? you. Yeah, Mary Bowden. Wow. Um, I think that goes right to Trumpet Famous. I think enough people, uh, she's so active on social media and she's performing all over the place, both as a soloist and with, uh, it's not a quintet. Is it a sextet or is it a quintet, the brass group? Oh, Uh, Serif Brass. Yeah, Yeah, they've got a bunch of people on the roster, but they play as a quintet usually. Yeah, but the, the amount of stuff that she's doing and the amount of stuff out there, I think she's... Teaching yeah. at Shenandoah. Yeah, trumpet famous. Yeah, yeah. The profile, the social media profile in particular, for me puts me into the same category. I'm going to yeah. go trumpet famous. Yeah, I definitely say trumpet famous. And and somebody who worked herself into that decided that she was going to be able to play the Brandenburg because I knew her when she was an undergrad at Curtis. We sat next mm. to each other in the orchestra I played in, and she's always solid, good player, nice person, and um, you know made a pretty sound and good time and all that. Right. But man, she just turned up the screws after she graduated and just decided, I'm going to be able to do this thing. I'm going to be able to do this thing on the piccolo. I'm going to be able to play whatever I need to play and dialed in the accuracy. Like she doesn't miss. Mm-hmm. I know. And yeah, uh, and she is, she's everywhere. Everywhere. Yep. Yeah. She got a studio at, at Shenandoah. Just did yep. a world premiere out in San Diego with the uh, yep. symphony. And she did, yeah. had, I think she did it two years before at Buffalo, right? Oh, is that right? I think so. I think they they, they premiered it in Buffalo. Oh, I thought it was a ago. new piece. I had that wrong. Well, it is so, new, but it's, you know, because of COVID, it's still oh, very okay. fresh. Okay, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's yeah. two years between performances. Yeah. Um, which is very difficult. Um, yeah, I, I, I would agree. I would agree Trumpet Famous. Yeah. There we go. All right, Joey. Okay. Are you prepared? No. I'm ready. <laughs> Tony Cadlick. Oh. I wow! I think trumpet. I think trumpet. Well known. I'm going with Brian. Trumpet. Well known. Yeah, I don't think so. He's in New York. Well, I mean, he's stunning. I mean, he's a stunning player. He can play. He's oh, he's one of my all time. He's one of my favorite lead players out doing it right now. Yeah, he can. He can play anything, and he does play anything. He plays everything. He plays everything. He'll do whatever they tell him to play. I think if you're not in New York, you You don't don't know know who he is. Yeah. So regionally well known, you think? At best. Wow. Like he might be a New York local cat. Yeah. Wow. He might be. You know? So, and he is but a, I mean, he's an unbelievable class. player. No, literally world, world, world class. class. That's yeah. why I brought him up. It's like, does do people outside of New York know who Tony Cadlick is? Yeah. And I think most of the time the answer is no. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Does being a local cat in New York equal more than being a local cat somewhere else? Because that's like, that's pretty heavy. It's definitely heavy. It's absolutely heavy, but yeah. uh, you know, but it, still, if you look at somebody like him, 
who is a stunning treble player that plays everything and plays everything well. Yeah. But if you're not in New York, do you know who Tony Cadillac is? Yeah, probably not. No, and you should. You should. Of course, I mean, you should. They've definitely heard him, right? All the jingles he does. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you've seen you, if you've watched award shows that based out of New York, you've heard him play. I know he's done some of those. Yeah. Like I know there are times where he's been playing on the Tonys when they've been, you know, you've most people have heard him, but I don't think they know who he is. Right. Yeah. Even yeah, inside the trumpet world, I think people don't know who he is. And super nice guy. Super nice guy. Yeah. Yeah, we've got to hang we've got to hang a few times. I he's uh, I like him on every level. Yeah. Crazy player. Yeah. yeah. That's mm. a great call, Tony Cadillac. Yeah, that's a good one. I like these ones that are problems to solve. They're yeah. right. I think that's a, right? a, a, a an interesting uh, conundrum there of Hey, how is that guy not famous? Wait a minute. Is that guy even well known? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, really? Mm-hmm. Right, that's where that comes. All right, so I, yeah. I I think I stumped you guys on that one. What do you got that's for a, us here? That's a good one. Uh, this one might not be might not stump you, but it could be an interesting discussion. Uh, Harry James. Oh, Harry James was famous. Yeah, famous. Harry James was legit famous and, at the time. I, yeah. I was going to bring this one up earlier because I think for those listening, now you can see what we mean by for someone to break into that category. Sure. That's what we're talking about. Right. Right. Yeah. Like almost a household name. Totally. Oh, yeah. People just, yeah. People walking around on the street. If you're like, have you heard the latest Harry James thing? Oh, of course. I'm a big fan. And like I've talked about in here before, the reason I played the trumpet is because of Harry James, because my dad liked Harry James, who wasn't a musician. So he knew. Harry James was a musician. Well, my dad wasn't a musician. You misplaced (laughs) your modifier. You said Harry James, who wasn't a musician. Harry James who had a crossover hit in the 60s called Sidewinder. <laughs> that, was, that was not Harry James. <laughs> Harry yeah. James had big hits with You Made Me Love You, it all yeah. kinds of like Cherry Berries so, in. Totally all kinds famous. Of yeah, absolutely, absolutely famous, famous. That's fantastic. Yeah, all right, yeah totally famous. That's a good call. All right, my last one. Uh-huh. Matt Gallagher. <laughs> you know, hey, I was oh going to put that on my list, too, because I think... Oh, that's interesting. Um... I think Matt is a local cat because yeah. I think if you're outside of the Philadelphia area, like he's doing tons around the Philadelphia area. Tons. Subs with the orchestra, plays right, lead in plays the pops. The, yep, teaches at UArts. At UArts, yep. Uh, and does yeah, does the Philly pops thing. And but you if you're outside anything. of anything, if you're outside of that area, you don't know Matt. Yep. Yeah. Right. Chops. But, chops for days. Double C's chops, for days. Yeah. Chops. Yeah. yeah. For days. Play, oh, piccolo yeah. trumpet. He's yeah, loaded. Anything. Yep. Yeah. Picks it up and it works. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, yeah, but he was yeah. going to be on my list too, so that's funny. And then I just I went away from it. Yeah. All right, yeah. Joe, you're next. Oh, I'm up. All right, someone near and dear to all our hearts, Terry Everson. Oh. Wow. I like it when you this takes long for you guys. I th- I think I think trumpet well known. I think if you're in the trumpet world, you and you're really in, you you know who he is. You've you've heard him play. Um, he's oh man, what one of the nicest people you ever meet, isn't he? Um, oh yeah. And the sound I mean, that comes out of his bell, oh, it's ridiculous. It's an enormous sound. Yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. The way he plays is is ridiculous. But I think he just he toils and does his he does his thing, you know. So where did you put him? I trumpet well known. I don't know that lots of people all over the country know him. Yeah, I think they should, but I probably I think they should too. I'm probably going to lock it in at trumpet well known too. 
I I agree with you guys on this one. Yeah, I oh, think right. you know the teaching at, at Boston and you know the subbing in Boston and playing in an Esplanade Orchestra and then the active stuff through NTC and he puts himself out there. I yeah, I think he's trumpet well known. He I think he's mm. done enough to get out there so people more people know him than not. You know. He I again another one of those guys that uh, you know, I picked every, I, everybody I picked, I thought, okay, these are all great players. I just yeah, wanted to right. find I wanted to pick them in different categories. Uh kind of trying to prove that point over and uh, over again. But yeah, Terry. Yeah, I think he goes into Trumpet well known, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, what a yeah. player. Yeah. All right, Bill. So you're betting uh, clean up. Here we go. Here, here right? it's betting clean up here. And this one's going to be fun. And All I'm right. really excited to bring this one up. Dr. James Moore. <laughs> long time <laughs> oh, listener, long, long time he, friend. He's going to be so <laughs> mad at us. He's, no, he's not. I don't think he is. I think he's going to be honored. He's wow. an administrator. Here's the problem. And, and actually, uh, Shelby, if you're listening, actually, when I was out in Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago, uh, I was talking with uh, Dr. Moore. Uh, as uh, Shelby called, and I just asked about her, and he, he put her on speakerphone. I was just asking about you, and I asked her this question: What are we supposed to call him? Because Scott started off as a jazz trumpet teacher, yeah, and and right. now so he has his doctorate, he is a professor, and now he is the provost at his school. Yeah. Right. So I'm like, what do we call him? Like the provost, doctor, professor, and she started laughing. I said, we need to connect on this. And he did not give me her phone number. So we have not. Finished. So <laughs> please write to theopenbell at gmail.com, Shelby, and we'll get this dialed in what we should call him. Wow. Dr. James Moore. Gosh. That's a hard one because I don't think he puts himself out there in the trumpet world. Who has time? He's a provost. <laughs> But right. he is still actively playing, uh, especially around the Pittsburgh area. And he plays great. Mm. Oh, great. Monst great monster. player. Great Silly. jazz player. Monster um, player. Wow. So I'm going to go with the regionally well-known, because he's one of those guys, if you're in that area, you know he's there and he plays, he plays great jazz. So I'm going to yeah. go with the regional cat. Do they really know him that well in, in town? Does every, every, all the jazz guys know who yeah. James is? Yeah. Yeah, and he's got he's played a lot in Philly too. So yeah. the reg regionally well known is great. I but, think that's where he, I think that's where he goes. But should be sometimes with the jazz guys, right? It's hard to say cuz the trumpet world, a lot of the trumpet world doesn't pay attention to right. The the jazz guys, right? Like it's a it's a sliver of it's a culture inside the culture. So yeah. to break through in the trumpet well known it's a little bit harder, I think. But I think that's true. At least regionally well known. Yeah, I think, for sure. I but think that's where it goes. But I wanted to bring him up because I think more people should know about who he is. Yeah, he's yeah. also pretty self-effacing too. I mean, he's just, I mean, obviously super smart, but he's just a really nice guy. No. Yeah, we're trying to fix that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no ego attached to that at all. A killer player. Yeah, absolutely. Killer. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Well, that was fun. We might have <laughs> to revisit great. this again. Oh yeah. <laughs> Or maybe we'll start to get some requests online about for us to rate where, people. Yeah, where people should go. Yeah, here's my list. Belong. Can you rate you it? Think please? of this guy. Yes. And then we get send, a, yeah, official, send them in. The open bell endorsement that I am a local cat. <laughs> <laughs> that I am no longer trumpet unknown. Yeah, the for, right. First line of your bio: trumpet unknown. The open bell podcast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. Time for no offense.
If you're worried about being famous, you're doing it wrong. Trust us on this. Keep your nose to the grindstone and worry about the things you can control. Start with something closer to home, like not playing on a 7C. Or (laughs) let anyone else do it. In the words of Anton Weidinger, you shall not play a 7C. He was a very religious man. (laughs) He was a very religious man. There it is. It's fun to talk about fame and being famous and all that, but those folks we know got there, uh, you know, from doing the right things. Yeah, yeah, and even all yeah. the people we were talking about who are not quote famous, you know, they're amazing players and musicians just right. doing their thing every day on the job. Yeah, right. That, yeah, if you're looking for fame, you might be doing it wrong. That's right. Yeah, that is it. Well, listen, that should do it for today. Thanks for joining us on another episode. Stay tuned. Tell your friends and neighbors. So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell.